Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And Chuck, we're back. Um, it's It's been a minute. Yeah. But we're back. And to those who are listening today who have been riding with us through this hiatus that we've we've unexpectedly took uh taken we truly appreciate it and uh we're going to be back for a while we got our next few episodes already planned out i'm going to edit this episode tonight so it's definitely getting out that was one part of the problem me uh being lazy but we're back and uh what better way to be back than to talk about spider-man no way from home you know this this is a movie that you and i have been talking about for years Moments that we potentially predicted, moments that we were maybe surprised that happened, but that's all spoilers. We're gonna keep this episode 100% Spider-Man. Even one of my, even my pick of the week. Uh, well, one of my picks of the week is not Spider-Man, so let's call it 99% Spider-Man. But we have a trailer. It's Sony, so this is a Sony Marvel Spider-Man uh, episode, if you will, but. It's Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. And, I mean, this trailer picks up essentially right where we left off, which I, I love it. It kind of sits where, you know, Far From or No Way Home kind of started, too, right at right after, you know, Miles saves the Spider-Verse, spoiler alert for that movie, um, and he gets punished. And he's sitting there, and we see Gwen Stacy pop through into his bedroom. You know, he's still listening to Post Malone and Sway Lee which is like the most relatable thing of the trailer that he's still listening to the same song from three years ago because it's the same thing that I do. Um, and I mean, we didn't get a lot <laughs> in this trailer other than like, no. hey, we're going to see each other again between Gwen and Miles, which we never thought was going to have. Well, they never thought was going to happen. But the big thing is we see Spider-Man 2099 fighting Miles as he's going through the Spider-Verse, which I thought was very interesting. So based on just this you know, two-minute trailer of just banter between potential lovers, uh, what do you think about it? Looks great. Um, the animation still looks good as the first one. Looks like they um, you know, switch animation styles throughout the movie when he goes into different parts of the universe, which is really cool. Um, you know, Obviously, we see Spider-Man 2099, that was in the post credit scene of the first movie. Played by Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's double dipping into Marvel now. I was a big fan of the first one, but I wasn't thrilled about the first one b- before I saw it. I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to be. Lo- it looks like they're just throwing everything at the wall and hoping it sticks. And it, it worked. It, you know, they proved me wrong, which I'm I always glad to accept. Uh, when a movie or studio proves me wrong um, in a good way. So I, I loved it. I thought it was great. AG loves that movie. Uh, we bought it and watched it several times. So I'm really looking forward to this one. And and we were talking off air, like the reason, you know, the success of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is probably the big reason why we got No Way Home. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Sony had this on their you know their vision board and thought that this was going to lead into you know another trilogy of tom holland spider-man um i guess what we should do is we should just preface spoiler alert from here on out because we're going to kind of cross streams uh, a la ghostbusters in this one but i i think like (laughs) they probably were hoping that this was going to be a hit and if it wasn't a hit you know it's an animated movie so 
it's not a huge little blip on their radar. And then it turned into what it is. And it's like, oh, wait, you know, we can do this. And then, you know, the rumor mills and all the outlets have their quote unquote, I'll use air air quotes, sources and saying that like the Spider-Verse is coming, the Spider-Verse is coming. And maybe this is the precursor. Maybe this made Marvel kind of change their plans a little bit. We've seen them be a little bit flexible when it comes when the hot hand is being ridden and when they get new characters a la spider-man in civil war so it was very cool that this is where it took place i also thought it was kind of interesting there was a an interview lately that's been circulating that where tom holland said that if this movie no way home didn't work out that it was meant to be a craven's last hunt movie and that's why they announced the casting of aaron taylor johnson which i thought is a pretty interesting because now it's you know that was supposed to exist in the sony universe but marvel wants that toy so i'm kind of curious to see where that goes and we'll do a little more you know future building at the end of this episode but in terms of this uh, this movie itself i'm very intrigued on where it's going to go because we really didn't see a lot and i'm curious to see what villains we no. see why is miles perceived as a, tra- a threat uh through spider-man 2099 Will we see Spider-Ham? Will we see, you know, Spider-Man Noir? Will we see the rest of the spiders that we saw throughout the movie? And what other villains are we going to see? That's the big thing. Um, and the the last thing I'll say about this is I like that it said part one at the end. So yeah. they're going to milk this cash cow until, you know, those teats are dry. But I'm here for it. I'm going to go see it. I love the first one. It's one of my favorite superhero movies. Not my favorite Spider-Man movie, but one of my favorite superhero movies. <laughs> um, and... This one looks like they're going to pick up right where they left off. Real quick, the one thing that I saw, like, they didn't show a lot of the cast, but they are introducing Jessica Drew. I mean, which is huge. They should have been introduced yeah. in the first one. Yeah, and it's played by, uh, her name is, um, she's from Insecure. Issa Rae? Yep. That's yeah, her. She's got a good voice. I um, I liked her in Lovebird. She was maybe the highlight of that movie. Because <laughs> yeah. the rest of that movie was yeah. trash, and I was looking forward to that, but... Let's go into my picks of the week. Uh, there's two of them. The first one isn't a number one, but I felt like this... Well, it is number one. What am I talking about? It spins out of Avengers 750. And this one's called Avengers Forever. And it's written by Jason Aaron with art by Aaron Cooter. So um, the Aaron, Team Aaron, is uh, part of this. And what's interesting about this is, is as Marvel does, has several variant covers, of uh, one of which has Spider-Man on it, So, which is why I picked it. I was like, ooh, Spider-Man, let's make a spider-man pick uh but it also has a, a wanda cover where it's like wanda as like multiple avengers she's magneto she's polaris she's doctor strange huh. and i thought that that was pretty dope but covers mean one thing let's see what the story is um and the story starts an all new series starring the avengers of the multiverse that's a, a big one right there multiverse we're gonna be talking about it uh for 45 minutes probably On a quest for cosmic vengeance, Ghost Rider finds himself roaring through the wasteland on a ruined earth where the great age of heroes never came to be, where hope is a four-letter word, and where his only ally in the coming battle against the greatest villains any universe has ever seen is the world's most wanted archaeologist, Tony Stark, the invincible Ant-Man, or the invincible Ant-Man, not even Iron Man, he's Ant-Man in this, which is very cool. 
spinning out of the cataclysmic events of Avengers 750, if you haven't get, gotten it, I suggest that you read that, and operating in lockstep with the Prime Avengers series, the next great Avengers saga begins here as the mightiest heroes of every Earth begin to assemble. What do you think about this? I mean, there's a lot of big um, multiversal comics coming out. I know they just announced that the Punisher is going to be the leader of the hand in an upcoming Marvel comics. Oh, that's not, that sounds amazing. Yeah, uh, um, we're getting another lethal protector uh, storyline. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff going on in Marvel. There, Again, they've been our go-to this year in 2021, uh, surprisingly. Uh, but are you going to pick up this one? When was and, and if you are, when was the last time you've picked up a Avengers comic? Actual Avengers? I mean, I've been reading Savage Avengers. I don't know if that it counts. It does not. Avengers comic. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Years. Years. So you're going to get this one? Um, maybe. Maybe. I'm going to uh, – it sounds pretty cool. I love the multiverse. Always have. Um, I like because they can just spin stuff around. Like, like, okay, like, we'll make this character this, and you know, without really changing anything and hurting the timeline or, um, you know, ruining an IP. Like, they, it's just an easy way to go, oh, it's a multiverse. Yeah, it's, like, it, it it's like, what if, if it actually had repercussions, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't, again, it doesn't change the source material. It's just an alternate take. And who doesn't like a little creative liberty? I mean, we do it all the time here, and... The, our, the movies that and shows that we watch take creative liberties, uh, some good, some bad, but most bad. I'm going to pick it up. Um, I picked up Avengers 750 when it came out because that was a huge issue. Um, I also picked up some Avengers comics during the Empire storyline. But the last time I've read an Avengers series, ongoing series, has been years, years. And I'm talking like several years, maybe a decade, but... Let's uh, move into my next one. This is from DC, and uh, it wouldn't be the end of 2021 if there wasn't another Batman issue coming uh, story coming out <laughs> because I believe there's 12 ongoing ish, uh, stories right now of Batman. And 12 may be – it's definitely a guesstimate, but I might be low. It might be closer to 20. I, I, I would – I think I'm reading like three of them. Yeah, and it's disgusting uh, how many Batman comics are out there, and we still don't have an ongoing Justice League Dark or Green Arrow, but I digress. This one's called Batman One Dark Knight. When a simple GCPD escort goes sideways, Batman finds himself on the wrong end of the of Gotham City in the middle of a heat wave with a supervillain in tow. Follow Batman as he traverses block by block across the pitch black Gotham City while dragging a highly difficult EMP to his permanent home at Blackgate Prison. The dark corners of Gotham City contain many surprises, and EMP plans to deliver many more shocks before the night is through. You gonna pick this one up? It's a black label comic, so it's gonna get a little little salty. I don't know. I mean it depends what I when I go this week, what I have. Uh you know, with Christmas coming up, I don't want to, you know, uh, break the bank. Yep. But it sounds cool. I love Batman, but I don't know if I need another Batman story. I hear you. Uh, this is a light week for me in terms of comics. Um, I did, like, my pre-shopping, as I always do, just to, you know, do the picks of the week and what I'm going to 
break my bank on. Um, and I have one book this week of all the books that I'm reading. I have one. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll pick this one up. So I'm going to pick them both up and I'll report back by next next week as we're going to do another episode next week. We're going to back we're going back to week by week episodes. So let's continue, Chuck, to enter spoiler territory again. If you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home and completely understanding that if you haven't had a chance to, given how expensive tickets were on the black market, trying to get a decent ticket plus this crazy weekend plus COVID, if you haven't seen it, tune out. But definitely tune back in once you've seen it because um, this may be the movie of the year uh, for me personally. Yeah, 100%. So The Matrix isn't going to take tops. I, I doubt it. I don't think Matrix is going to crack my top three. Okay. Um, I'm very cu- my- I'm very curious about your tops. Uh, we're we're going to obviously talk about this more next week um, in our Hawkeye review of the entire series. But I have a um, a top ten list of mo- movies for 2021 based on IMDb ratings. Um, do you mind if we go over it real quick and then we'll talk Spider Man? Yeah, sure. All right, now this predates Spider-Man and The Matrix, so keep that in mind. Okay. Um, I screenshot this on December 9th. The number one movie based on IMDb right now is Dune at 8.2. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even crack my top five. That's top three for me right now, um, followed by Suicide Squad at 7.3. That's not top three. Eternals, nope. 6.8 is number three. Number four... No. I don't even know how this is aggregated. But number four is Mortal Kombat at 6.1. Number five is Zack Snyder's Justice League, 8.1. I would imagine that should have been number two based if we're going based on stars. But again, this is IMDb, so who the hell knows? Uh, Number six is complete bullshit. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, (laughs) 6.4. That's my number one. No way in hell that cracks top ten. Concrete Cowboys was better than that one. The Harder They Fall was better than that one. Um, you know, this Resident Evil movie that came out was harder was better than that one. So again, I don't know how that made number six, but again, IMDb. Uh, number seven, Black Widow, six point seven stars. Um, then Army of the Dead at five point eight. S- surprising to see two Zack Snyder joins up there. Uh, number nine is a movie that was a dark horse for me this year, and that was Cruella, seven point four. And number 10 is Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings at 7.6, which I put in my top three if we're taking away, like, artsy movies away because, like, Green Knight was great. Um, I still want to see Lamb. Pig was pretty good. So I'll take them all away. But do you agree with any of that on the list? Not really. Um, Like, I off the top of my head, I have top four. Um, And two of those – well – including Spider-Man. Two of those aren't even on that list, which is... Spider-Man and, a- and Afterlife? Yeah, so my top four would be Spider-Man, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Shang-Chi, and Wrath of Man. Wrath of Man, underrated. Really, really like that movie a lot. Uh, a lot of good twists and turns in that one. So that's uh, it's a good one. I um, If we're going off the top of my head, Spider-Man's my number one. I would say Dune would be my second... And then Shang-Chi would be my third. 
um, in terms okay. of the year. I'm surprised Afterlife isn't on there. Again, it was probably like a week after that came out, so maybe it, there wasn't enough you know tallies made. Um, and No Time to Die. I'm surprised that wasn't on there as well. Uh, yeah, that that was another great movie. Like off the top of my head because before before um, Spider-Man, my top three was uh, Ghostbusters, Shang-Chi, and Wrath of Man. That's why I have a top four because I know right off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I don't think Matrix but, cracks my top ten of movies all year at all, include <sighs> like artsy movies, like films. Maybe top ten, maybe. No. But might be lower, but it's definitely not cracking the top five. It's got to be spectacular for me because I've seen a lot of good movies this year, and and mm-hmm. this like we're like Invisible Man came out this year, right? No, that was last year. No, that was last year. I'm, was last listen, year. I've lived in COVID too long, so who knows? Um, maybe, maybe Matrix. Maybe it's revolutionizing and uh, revolutionary and like completely blows my mind. But we'll see. That's not what we're talking about. We will talk about the Matrix uh, three episodes from now. But let's talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, again, spoiler alert, just so you're safe. I love this movie. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about this movie f- since, I would imagine, Far From Home came- ended. We talked about what's yep. next. We've talked about moments that we, we got in this movie pre-Far From Home. And I would say Homecoming, or even when we got the debut of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And then we talked about our theories and who's going to pop up, where they're going to pop up. Is this the best time for them to pop up? And we got, I would say, 90% of them right. Which is, I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way, but that kind of took a little bit of wind out of my sails when it came to this. Because I did find... Some of this was a little bit predictable because we've invested so much time and I'm trying to like take the podcaster side away from it because like we have really researched this and like read into theories and blah, 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 and like really studied these Easter eggs and trailers and whatnot. But it did seem a little predictable, but still, even when it was predictable, I was like, damn, you really, you made it work. You know, there's a lot of lot of things to navigate in this in terms of just like take away the fact that you're introducing two previous Spider-Men, right? Mm-hmm. You're introducing five villains from three different films. Yeah. You know, and I think like the moving parts there were huge. Plus you're not just four four films. I'm talking like three Spider-Man franchises, but I I get what you mean. Okay. Uh, but also you're you're doing like sharing custody of these characters with another studio plus other directors you know because like you have like all the influences from the Raimi trailers and you know amazing spider-man stuff and it was there were so many moving parts and it can what we talk about is like could this get too congested and spider-man yeah movies historically uh minus the tom holland movies have gotten congested with villains and and side stories and side plots and this one really didn't so i really wanted like we've talked about the movie briefly through text messages mainly just like holy shit this is what i loved about it but what did you think about the movie what did you like about the movie um first and foremost i'm a huge spider-man fan Uh, i've talked about it a hundred times 
Uh, you know it. So, you know, this really was like, oh my god, this is what I've been waiting for. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Tobey Maguire stuff. I really like Amazing Spider-Man 1. Yep. Um, so I was really excited when the potential of all this hap- was happening. Um, and because if you remember when we saw No Way or Far From Home, we were like, oh, they're going to bring Craven in and JJ's going to have him hunting down. And we never thought we would get this at all. Like this was never something like, of course, it's sitting in the back of our mind, like Spider-Verse can ha- or the multiverse can happen. But we didn't really think like we would get all this. And then we started getting the villains. Yep. And, you know, Ephraim, Alfred Molina signed on and Willem Dafoe. And then we saw Jamie Foxx. And then, you know, we're like, okay, like this is happening. Who was the first one and to sign on? Was it Jamie Foxx? It was Jamie Foxx because he posted an Instagram story that he took down really yeah, quick. because he spoiled the but whole movie. of course – he had all three. He had all three Spider Men there, and Electro and this guy. Yeah, he took it down super quick. Yeah. But once you put something on on the internet for ten seconds, it's there forever. Yeah. He was the first sign on, and then I think it was Alfred Molina. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the direction they used for his character. Um, yeah, because like Doc Ock has always been like that. He's a villain, but like he's always straddled the line. Exactly, like. He always has, and like Sandman has always straddled the line. And I thought that that was like really interesting on how are they going to work that in there. And then like, oh, it's the curing moment. And, you know, that has some holes in itself where they're like, we have to cure these people and send them back. But like just curing them on this earth isn't going to save their lives on another earth because they're seconds away from dying. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, which is which is definitely weird, but like the way that they did use these heroes were or uh, villains, I'm sorry, were great. The Doc Ock stuff, um, he was probably my favorite villain of the entire movie. Yeah, uh, you can't go wrong with Willem Dafoe, like um, no. amazing. Hard to believe that he could beat up Tom Holland like that though, because he is an elderly man. And I really love how they rectify um, some of the stuff they changed. And, you know, they didn't really give a purpose, but the way they did the suit for Green Goblin, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like it was per- it was perfect. Like, you know, I loved the very first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, but when it first came out, I always thought the Green Goblin suit was kind of weird. You know, it, it kind of looked like a toy, right? It looked like. Tim yeah. Allen in the Santa Claus three or no Santa Claus two, where he's a toy. Uh, that was three. There's so many of them. No, it was two because Jack Frost was in three. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was two because then he had to find a wife. Yeah. But yes, yeah. knocked up the principal. <laughs> yeah, but I know where you're. Uh, but yeah, he kind of looked a little weird. So I really like what they did with this one. Like he, you know, had the suit on. I guess he couldn't take it off because he was naked, but. It was kind of weird that he just like put a purple sweat suit over it, but okay, whatever. Um, and then I was like, "Oh, they're incorporating the colors." But then when he was fighting, and it like kind of got tattered, and t- and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's the suit!" Like, besides just having a weird, you know, latex mask on, they got the look perfect. Yeah, I think they got the look perfect for 
honestly all their heroes um they made electro believable and the yes. the callbacks and the fan service moments like when toby and oh. and andrew are back in there and they're like oh last time i saw you you were you know you're you're blue and you know i'm i'm working i'm getting better and then the you know i'm somewhat of a scientist myself like all those moments like Yes, they were fan service, but they were so integral to the movie that it kept that story moving. And not to mention, like, the Easter eggs galore that you could talk about and, like, potential for futures and just the setting up of certain things. But, like, just the way that they they navigated these these villains and made you believe that, like, okay, this is – this may go a different way for for a second, and then Norman becomes like Norman's Norman, like he's always going to be the Goblin. And I thought that they they navigated all those moving pieces extremely well. They gave everybody the right amount of time. They included the humor mm-hmm. in it. I think it was perfect. Like, yeah. I do I do have complaints again predictability, but like seeing Charlie Cox show up was absolutely amazing. Even though I mean we've called it since Far yeah. From Home. So I was the only one that uh, reacted in the theater. Yeah, I was in a pretty much packed theater, and I was like, "Woo, yeah!" And I'm like, "Oh, no!" You one. need to go to a different theater, man. the The theater I went to was crazy. Everybody was clapping and screaming and hollering. Like that was awesome. Like even the score, like led like the Green Goblin entrance and the you know Doc Doc entrance like it was all fantastic well you you also went on a thursday night I went thursday night where, 935 so majority of those people are hardcore they're, fans they're tier like, one active geeks man yeah um i didn't go till sunday afternoon so um i got fans but probably like oh yeah like oh i forgot about the toby mcguire stuff like you know so when that's and like when Toby showed up and Andrew showed up, like I'm clapping and no one's like, oh, I'm like, come on, people like, but uh, I definitely um, kind of fanboyed over the the uh, Matt Murdock stuff because we knew like again we knew it was potentially coming, and remember when they were like, oh, it's his hand in the in the thing and he was like that is not my hand which it wasn't he wasn't in it was the scene where they were in the um the holding yeah. the interrogation room yep. and people were like oh my god that's his hand he was like that's not my hand i'm definitely not in it yeah. he wasn't he wasn't in that scene yeah, he didn't he didn't uh, lie to us no uh so it was really cool and i really really liked that they didn't just say oh he's daredevil and but what i liked was they showed it like the rock coming through he caught it and he was like oh i'm a lawyer like yeah yeah plus like the way this coincided with the hawkeye and spoilers for hawkeye um like two days after the kingpin reveal (laughs) like he's there and like this whole movie takes place during hawkeye because rogers the musical is going on in the first scene so like that's huge and at the end it's christmas time so like it's very very cool of what's going on and like how every like the seasons changed and like how it played and like what it could potentially set up like i've got tons of theories but is there anything that didn't work for you in this so it's kind of weird um the one thing gripe i had i i really loved everything yeah me too um but the one big gripe i had because it kind of didn't make sense to me was um 
the Venom end credits. Same, same. That's uh, so, the biggest gripe that everybody I've talked to has. So, because all these villains came out because they knew who Peter was, right? Yeah. So they were. Doctor Strange basically said these villains are coming through because of the spell for you to people forget who you were was broken. So people that knew who Spider-Man was is coming through. Venom doesn't know who Spider-Man was. Doesn't know who Peter Parker is. And for him to be sucked into this universe, a la the end credit scene in Venom 2, that kind of, I, to me, that was kind of weird. Yeah, so let me kind of try and clarify this because it is a little murky and there's not a lot of explanations on this. Um, the way I see it is Sony's trying to force everything. Uh, the reason oh, no. the reason why I was upset with this um, is because not for your reasons. It's because they're pretty much wasting Tom uh, Tom Hardy because they sucked him back yeah. into his timeline, which is is shitty in my mind. Uh, Tom Hardy should be the MCU Venom. I think it's bullshit that they're gonna try and do something else. But that goes to what didn't work for me in a second. Venom's a symbiote hive mind. So across this multiverse, if any Venom knows Peter Parker, a la Topher Grace, Spider-Man 3, it would pull other symbiotes into the world. So that's why Tom Hardy was in this universe, because Topher Grace knew that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. Didn't matter which Peter okay. Parker it was. It was just that they're, they're linked symbiotically and connected through a hive mind which is why our venom is now in this universe was in this universe for a cup of coffee okay that makes a little more sense. the only part about that scene that i loved was the bartender is from ted lasso he plays danny uh, rojas and i was like danny danny rojas like the whole time during the scene it was that was what frustrated me the most because again i want tom hardy to be venom i don't want flash to be venom not this version of flash uh, nothing against the actor <gasps> who plays Flash. And like this could set up Agent Venom. This could set up Anti-Venom. But I don't want a 5'5 five five fl- Venom. It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can think of is that this has some ties to like potential null setup. Where you have Gore the God Butcher showing up in Thor Love and Thunder. Which is set in the 80s. And maybe they don't kill Gore the God Butcher. And we have All Black, the the Necro Sword, being shown in um, Eternals. So maybe this kind of sets something up for like we see Toxin, we see you know Lasher, we see another form of Venom. Maybe Sleeper would be a cool one, and then Tom Hardy shows up later. Um, but that was the the one thing that didn't work for me. Besides, like the we have to cure them on this planet planet to you know, whatever, to save them on their own. Um, was there anything that surprised you about this? Um, Not really, because I like, you know, obviously they never said that Tom, um, I mean, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, but I kind of, with the villains in there, I kind of pre- knew they were going to be in there. Um, nothing really surprised me. Uh, you know, I of course I was surprised when Matt Murdock showed up and both Spider-Man, like, but nothing really, like, oh my god, like, I didn't see that coming. Okay. Uh, May getting killed surprised me. Okay. 
Yeah. And then that she was like kind of the Uncle Ben. Yeah, I mean every Spider Man's lost somebody. And they set that up when they on the rooftop of the school, right? Where they're like, yeah. I lost my Uncle Ben, I lost my well no, that was post I'm sorry, that was post uh May, but everybody's lost somebody. Yeah, they were like, you know, they both lost Uncle Ben and they both lost or um They uh Gwen Stacy. Yeah, Gwen Stacy. So yeah, I I get it. It kind of sucked that it happened. Um, yeah, because I want to see Marissa I, I was, anymore. I was more sad for Happy. Um, yeah. Um, what a lovable loser Happy is. <laughs> yeah. Like, in the beginning, when he's crying, he's like, are you crying? And, like, he's dealing with the world knowing who he is, and they have no idea. And then, like, they're dealing with a breakup, and he's crying. And he's got a CPAP machine. Seemed- he's got sleep apnea. <laughs> like, he's got stolen tar- Stark tech. Like, it. Happy was, you know, Happy went on an emotional ride, but the fact that he pulled up and blocked Peter and put his life on the line is how loyal yeah. that man is to the people that he surrounded himself by. Oh, Happy's a great character, yeah. and John Favreau is perfect. Oh, you know, another moment that kind of surprised me, um, Wong being Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. Uh, and the way that they explained it, was perfect be- were because like, Stephen was blipped. I thought that that was really cool. Yeah, he was like, for a technicality, and he was like, you know, you, hey, you were you were gone for five years, so what are they gonna do? Um, yeah, I really like Wong's great. Yeah, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was great. Yep, very good. The fact that they showed the entire trailer for Madness in the Multiverse as the the second. Uh, end credit scene was amazing which blew yeah. me away that movie looks looks stunning yeah it, it really you know sam raimi uh did some magic if you might was uh well say yeah um but no it looks great you know obviously wanda's gonna play a huge part in uh, it which i'm very excited yep wanda america chavez we got mordo finally you know we get to see mordo yeah. again with dreads yeah he looked you know the locks looked great uh, Shuma Gurath, like it looks really, really good. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, you know," because we talked about that for a while, and he actually plays a huge part in the Savage Adventures yeah. storyline. So I'm really familiar with him, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Yeah. And it, the only thing when I saw it real quick, I was like, "Oh, people are gonna compare it to Starro." Yeah, I mean that was that was inevitable, but they're gonna make yeah. it deliver even better, I think. Um, so. What was your favorite part of this movie? Who uh, everything. Um, you know what? I I really liked the writing and like how they incorporated everything. And like I told you yesterday, like they just kind of like we're in reboot culture. Yep. Um, everything gets rebooted. And uh, Chris McKenna and Eric Summers was just like, okay, we're in reboot culture. We're gonna show you how it's done right. Like, yes, we rebooted Spider Man twice, but. They live on. You know what I mean? Like, we can have them exist and still reboot it at the same time and at work. And I don't think that's ever been done or done right. And I and, and I really think they did it. I, I think they did it right. Like, we talked about this before. It wasn't convoluted. It was very it, – it gelled very well. It, it wasn't a mess. Like – you know, obviously Marvel knows how to do it because of uh, Endgame and Infinity War, and they do an ensemble piece like with um, Guardians of the Galaxy. 
But, you know, we've been burned before with Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. And they just really showed, like, we can do this right. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. It's not my favorite part. Uh, but I think my favorite part was, like, how emotional this movie was. Because, like, it's very emotional. Like you thought, one, you thought Tobey Maguire was going to die when he got stabbed. But he's like, I've been stabbed before. I was pissed. I was like, are they killing Toby? No, I mean, I heard a rumor today that those two guys are apparently coming back for more. And I'm okay yeah, with like, it. We might get Amazing Spider-Man 3 over at Sony. If, really? Yeah. You know what I say? Like, if I have to pick part, like, I love the writing. Like, that was my favorite part. But I have to go with, like, scenes. Their chemistry. Yeah. Like, of even, like, like, the inside jokes, like, with the bad back. Like, that was great. Yeah. Telling Andrew and Garfield he, he was amazing. Yeah, he was like, you're amazing. And I was like, ha! Ah! And, like, I chuckled, and I'm like, no one's chuckling. Come on. Um, but, like, you know, when they were sitting there, and they were like, what's your craziest villain? He was like, oh, I fought a a mechanical rhino. Yep. And I was like, ha! Ah. And then he was like, I fought an alien of black... He never called him Venom. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, I want to fight an alien. When Andrew Garfield was like, I want to fight an alien. He's like, I fought an alien. You know, he was purple, and he was here, and, I went to and space, in space, yeah. and they were like, and they were like, you were in space? Like, just the chemistry of all three of them, like, you could tell that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire really enjoyed this. Yeah. Like, just the way their performances came out, and I really like the scene where they're uh, all, like, nerdy and doing their science stuff for the cure, and Ned's going, Peter, and they're like, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Peter Parker? Yeah, yeah? Um, and then I really liked the Ned scene when he was like, I, I won't kill you. And then I was like, maybe he, he will. Is he Hobgoblin? They, they Hobgoblin? set it up perfectly. They, they yeah. set it up perfectly, uh, with the fact that nobody knows Peter now. And, you yeah. know, Ned, I've got theories. I was talking to Dion last night about theories and just the fact that like, they wiped everyone's mind. They're they're Easter egging um, Ned becoming somebody else, asking about uh, you know evil Neds on other worlds. I'm ex- I'm excited. Uh, you know, my favorite part though, in general, besides the emotion though, was the potential Easter eggs that we saw through the cracks. Right? We saw oh we, we yeah, saw Rhino. I saw a couple. Yeah, we saw Rhino. Yep. We saw. Uh, Craven. We saw Scorpion. We saw uh, yep. a woman who could be Black Cat, who could be Silk, who's getting a series, who could be Gwen Stacy herself. We saw a lot of stuff going on, and we know that you know between the multiversal villains that are coming through, now we're going to another trilogy of uh, Peter Parker in college, which is going to be amazing. Plus, we we've established that Norman Osborn, you know, that name exists in the MCU. On top of what's going on with the multiverse, on top of what's going on with uh, Hawkeye now that Kingpin's involved and Daredevil's in here. And, you know, there's a lot going on with that. I think that that's fantastic. And I think that that was my favorite part. Just the fact that they set it up to, you know, potentially end with Secret Wars. I think that's the, the end game for this. But to give you a whole new emotional ride of like, you know, Peter finding himself without his people and trying to regain his people while I'm assuming he goes to Boston could be huge. Uh, which brings me to the future. 
Uh, where would you like to go in the future? I don't know because we predicted from no way or far from home and we got nothing right. Um, you know, because we didn't think the multiverse was going to happen. I don't know. Um, I, I like the Ned thing, but I don't think that can carry a whole story. I don't think that could be a whole movie of Ned becoming Hobgoblin. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I like to see more of the multiverse. Uh, maybe, Hey, I wouldn't mind Nicholas Cage showing up as Spider-Man. No, uh, no, 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 no. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Yep. I, I figured that's where you were going to go. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think we'll see a live action spider ham, but, uh, I don't know. There's now there's so many endless possibilities. Um, what they can do. Uh, you know, we all kept saying it was going to be the Sinister Six. I don't think this is the Sinister Six at all uh, because they're not on this universe anymore. Yeah. Or this. So um, I would like to see a Sinister Six, but I think that's way down the line now um, because as of right now, he has no villains. He has JJ. Yeah, which, you know, we could see him working for JJ. Yeah. Because now he's um, going to be an adult. He's got his own apartment. He's got to figure things out. He's got to pay rent. You know, he needs a job. So is he going to work for the Daily Bugle and start taking pictures of Spider-Man? Like, are we going back to the comic roots? I think... You know what I was really hoping is when uh, he got the apartment, I was hoping it was Mr. Dinkovich. Oh, yeah. Um, And I was hoping it was the same apartment as... Uh, Toby was living in. Toby, Toby was living yeah. in. Um, it wasn't, but I was like, that would have been pretty cool. Like if it was just the same apartment, uh, but I get it. Yeah. There's, but there's uh, a lot that I think about with the future. Uh, if it takes place in New York, I mean, the, the obvious answer is Kingpin Spider-Man. So like yeah. Kingpin hiring like a litany of villains from Tombstone to be like the first one scorpion uh mr negative we got you know we were teased with mr negative through uh feast if you played a video game which i know you did yep uh we got a mr negative tease which would be great um having kingpin hire people to fight spider-man and catch him and kill him uh would be fantastic which could lead to a potential daredevil team up which could lead to a potential kate bishop team up with spider-man so that's very interesting and intriguing um a part of me thinks that we might be alluding to the the Venom storyline where we're getting, you know, maybe Peter gets the black suit in this one. And then that kind of causes disarray across the universe. Uh, you could also include the Ned storyline where Peter's trying to regain his buddies back, his girlfriend and his best friend back. But what if they're dating? I kind of was thinking that was I was like, what if they just like. They're holding hands, or she's like, here you go. I thought they were going to kiss at the donut shop. I thought she was going to walk back there, give him the donut, and kiss him, and Peter was going to be heartbroken. And I'm glad it didn't happen, but I think it should happen because that kind of gives you the dynamics of, like, Peter gets MJ back. She remembers because he's got the necklace. She's got the necklace, and, you know, it stored something in there. I don't know. Maybe it's magic. Um, And Ned becomes so hatefully driven he becomes Hobgoblin. And, like, again, Ned had a huge part in this movie where he was magic. He's proven to be magic. His grandmom mm-hmm. says he comes from magic. 
And then there's this little scene in Grandmom's house where they focused on ornamental daggers and fans and stuff, which yeah. does, you know, does she have ties to, like, Shang-Chi's world? Like, she's Filipino. Like, is that where we could, we get those ties in? And why is he, like, you know, is he, you know, magic like Shang-Chi's mom? Like, that is a lot to explain, and that could lead him to be Hobgoblin, but I still think that's going to happen. On top of that, my final theory, I have so many of them, Chuck. Like, there's there's a lot, but this one is pretty cool. Peter goes to MIT. He goes to his first day. He meets his new lab partner, a boy named Harry. The whole time, strange things are happening wherever he's at. If he's in Boston, if he's in New York, he meets a guy named Harry. We don't get the reveal that it's Harry Osborne until the end of the movie. And that sets up the sequel of like, oh my God, you know, Norman's going to show up here. We got to figure out how to stop. Like he's trying to rewrite the future by seeing it in the multiverse. Mm -hmm. But all while he's doing this, there's, you know, something going on with a female villainess and that's black cat. And Peter falls for black cat after seeing Ned and MJ together. Okay. Also, MJ Michelle Watson thought that was cool. Michelle Jones Watson. Yeah, I was like, that wasn't said before. No, and that was the big one. She says, "I don't go by Watson," which is very cool. Um, also, like sleeper moment for one of my favorite parts. Um, um, Andrew Garfield saving Zendaya to kind of redeem himself yeah. from. Ki- and killing then, him. like when he when he did it, he was emotional. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, because it's like he was like, I didn't do that to Gwen. Like, I couldn't catch her, but I did catch. MJ. Yeah, he learned from uh, his lessons. He or learned from his mistakes, which was a big moment. Yeah. Um. So overall, let's get to the I guess the most important part. Geek creator, what do you give this? Because I've been curious to see where you give this. Is this isn't a ten, is it? Oh, it's a, it's a ten, isn't it? Tens are tough for me, and you know that. Um, is this a perfect movie? No. Okay, that's not a ten. No. I would say nine point eight. Nine point eight. Okay, so damn near a ten. Okay, I was. I'm a little lower. I'm a nine point three. It's top five in terms of Marvel MCU movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's number one in terms of Spider-Man movies. Hands down. And my top three spider-man movies are all tom holland's he's got he's gone three for three for spider-man they're great yeah i mean obviously like spider-man 2 is amazing but spider-man 2 is amazing. but it not amazing spider-man 2. no no that was garbage that's the worst one but like i would go tom holland's trilogy one through three um then into the spider-verse spider-man 2 amazing spider-man spider-man 1 Spider-Man okay. 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, Spider-Man – and then, like, even though Spider-Man 3 was so bad, like, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is so at the bottom. Yeah, I'm so glad like, Paul Giamatti didn't show up in this movie. Like, me and AG, uh, I was like, hey – because she loves Tom Holland movies. She uh, – Tom Holland Spider, like, that's her favorite. Like, And I was like, you need to watch these. Because, like, my wife has watched them. 
But she hadn't seen him in a while. But I was like, you want to watch him? She goes, no, I kind of remember him. But, like, AG has to watch him. So I was like, all right, we need to watch these. So we started watching them. And she really liked the Tobey Maguire stuff until we got to Spider-Man. Of course, that's how it works. Um, So then she was like, oh, she goes, Spider-Man was okay. Spider-Man 2, she goes, that's a really good movie. I was like, I told you. And then we watched three, and then she's like, I don't want to watch anything else. It was hot garbage. I was like, look. I was like, you really got to watch Amazing Spider-Man because it's a really good movie. And then she did, and she said, okay, that was good. And then she, we watched, we got a probably about 40 minutes into Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, and she was like, this is awful. Yeah. I was like, yeah, she goes, it's slow. It doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. so, like, she never finished it. So then, like, in the movie, so she never seen that Gwen died. Mm-hmm. So... In the movie, when she, when he was like, Gwen died, she like looked at me and she goes, Gwen died? I was like, you didn't finish the movie? Yep, you never walk away from like, a movie. Yeah. Um, Unless it's so, a Steven Seagal movie in 2020. <laughs> no, Steven Seagal's a No, he's not. Um, so, I just, I told her, I was like, you know, you gotta do this and it, I'm glad we watched them all again because I haven't seen them in a while. But it was definitely worth it. But yeah, you know, this movie is amazing. Specta- what did I say? Amazing, spectacular, and all Yeah. Yeah, just words. You just hit me with a bunch of words, and I was like, Chuck's speechless, which is amazing. Uh, yes, this was well, this was a, a great movie. Um, they poked fun at comic book origins of, like, people falling into things and becoming, you know, superpowered. I thought that that was great. It sets up the future sets up the future even further than we thought big fan of this one um i'm gonna watch it again because i feel like i have to just because of you know there's so many easter eggs that we really didn't talk about but overall 9.8 9.3 that's pretty damn good man Uh, and we've got some other good stuff coming out Um, i have the next three episodes right here the topics that we're going to talk about next week post christmas we're going to talk hawkeye the whole season yeah, uh, because it ends this week today, as we release this on Wednesday, twenty yeah. second. Then we're going to talk about The Witcher season two, which is out now and it's amazing. And then we're going to talk about The Matrix. We're going to see if that hits our top ten of twenty twenty one, and we'll have a full top ten for that. So the next three weeks are going to be really big. We've got Christmas coming up. We've got New Year's coming up. So happy Christmas or Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's to everybody who's listening. Um, Follow us on social media. I'm not posting a lot, but still give us a follow. Con season's coming up, and we're going to be back to our old ways. We're going to have some guests on in 2022. We say it every year. Our next year is going to be the biggest one, but this one will be. Follow Chuck on Instagram, Chuck underscore the active geek. He really could use some love. Give that man some follows. He puts puts a lot of work into this podcast as well. Um, Follow Galaxy Wars. We're going to be coming back uh, in 2022. Very excited for what's next for us. And um, Cage My IQ will be back in 2022 as well. So check that out. I'm on there um, every week doing previews of UFC fights. And again, next week, we're going to talk Hawkeye. So finish that series because we're going to spoil it. And we're going to predict a future on that one too. Uh, So again, happy holidays for the Active Geek Podcast. I'm Jim. I'm Chuck. And we are out. There we go. It was a good one to bounce back to.